This week, the kids have been learning about how God is good. In fact, one of the first nights, they talked about the children of Israel when they were in the wilderness. In fact, when they were slaves and how they questioned and they begged God to take them out of slavery and give them their freedom. And even in all that time that they were being slaves and doing all the things that they had to do for Pharaoh, uh, they begged God, but then they also forgot what God has already done for them. And then when they got freed, when they were led out of uh, Egypt and into the uh, wilderness, all that time they thought, where's God at? And they actually wanted to go back. We had it better when they said when we were being slaves for Pharaoh and all those good things. But all the times that they were doing that, even when life was hard, they still questioned God. So I'm going to ask this morning, how many sitting here this morning has had a completely easy life? No problems, no setback, no hardships. Can anybody say that we've had those kind of lives? No. But guess what? Even in all those times, God is still good. No matter who we are, no matter what we've done, we've all experienced difficulty. To be sure, and in some families' lives, I agree, there's degree of uh, severity of problems probably are bigger than others. But we all have faced those things. In every season of life and everything that we do in our existence, there's tension and there's conflict from the wrenching reality of losing loved ones and friends to even the silly inconveniences that we have in life. Now, if you're like me, I like my coffee hot. I like it when I get it out of the bun in here. I put it in a microwave for a minute because it's not hot enough. So inconvenience for me is I take it to the office, I sit and I do some work and take a drink, and it's lukewarm. Back to the kitchen, put it back in the microwave. It's a silly inconvenience. It's like, why couldn't God allow hot stuff to stay hot and cold stuff to stay cold? You know, but when you think about the bigger things of life, that's a minor, minor thing. So many times we can't help but search for answers when those bad things happen. You know, I remember a friend of mine when I was on Tippecanoe Ambulance Service, I went to an accident where a lady was killed. Come to find out, it was my old minister his wife was killed, and I knew the, the kids and all that. And this one kid was so analytical, um, he actually used all of his physics and everything to get all the measurements and to figure out exactly how mom hydroplaned and hit the telephone pole and at what angle and all the different things. Because he had to find that answer to that hardship of life. So many times when we respond to these bad things of life, it's how our attitude comes about. Our bad answers can cause us to respond to pain in ways that can cause more pain to ourselves and to others. Even talking about the children of Israel, their actions and their consequences, because of all those things, a whole generation had to die before God allowed them to go into the promised land. That these people that were once slaves, that begged God to get them out, didn't get to see the promised land because of their actions, because of their decisions. So I want you to understand I've got four reasons that we need to think about that when life is difficult, but God is still good. So in an attempt to kind of lighten up this idea of bad things, um, even in the complication of grief, uh, to find a deeper meaning, I want to look at four areas that we can do how God is still good. Number one is simply this. God is good even in a broken world. Okay. Even in the world in which we live, and as broken as it is, God is still good. Clear back in the very beginning of time in Genesis 1-1, when God created the heavens and the earth. Remember what it said? In the beginning, God created. Everything was perfect. 
He created Adam. He created Eve. And he created everything. He told Adam and Eve, everything is yours in this garden except this one tree. And they went through life and they did all those things and finally they listened to this serpent, Satan, to do one thing. So what happens is in the beginning it was good, it was perfect, they had it all. But this tree, but then creation rejects the creator. That's when all this started. This is when the broken world truly started. This rejection broke the perfection God created. In Genesis 4, 14 through 19. When this happened, God cursed the serpent at one time, the serpent had legs and arms and it walked upright. But because God cursed it, it now crawled on the ground. Because the woman listened to the serpent, now women would have painful childbirth and men would rule over them. I'm sorry, that's what the Bible says. And man, because man listened to the woman, we had to work and work the ground for our food. So everything that was perfect and easy and everything was right there, all of a sudden, because we rejected the creator and all of this, this broken world was created. As a result, nothing is now as it should be, and life is made more difficult. And we have to understand, and I'll be the first one to admit, that we are all to blame for this brokenness because we all kind of reject God's goodness in our life at some point or another. We all kind of do. And sometimes we remember and we ask God for something, and when he answers it, it may not be the answer we want, so we kind of go, okay, God, why? Why would you do this to me when God has the bigger picture in mind? So we have to accept this responsibility, and I truly believe we need to confess for ourselves those times in our life when we've done this very thing. We've kind of blamed God for this brokenness, or we blame God for what's going on in my life, or we blame God for something maybe Satan is even doing. So many times we have our initial intentions, and we talk the goodness of God, but sometimes we forget the true meaning of that goodness. But also understand this, even though creation rejected the creator, understand God wants to restore this. God's complete restoration includes us. This is the goodness of God. Even though God created perfection and everything was good and great and perfect, even though we rejected it, he wants to restore this to us. Colossians 1, 15 through 23, actually tells us that once we were alienated, once we were apart, we were enemies because of our evil behavior. But he says, but now, because of what God has done, we're without blemish or accusation if we continue in that faith, established and firmed. You see, Jesus suffered for his suffering world so that we could find complete renewal in him. And God wants us to be part of that. Folks, think about this for a moment. This complete renewal. In other words, we're going to go back to the way the Garden of Eden was. Perfection. Being in the presence of God. That perfection, that one day when he does all this, will be when we get to heaven or he comes back the second time. And we're in heaven with him. In fact, it tells us in Revelation 21, 4, he says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Think about this. Think about this heaven. Think about what's going to be perfected and how God is good. That we won't even have tears in our eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things have passed away. God wants to restore this perfection because God is good. Life is hard. 
because of this broken world, yes. But Jesus is restoring all things from that brokenness in the world by his power and through his people, through what we do and what we know. The second thing I want you to look at is this. God does good in spite of what we do. Okay? God is good in spite of what we do. Sometimes we try to do it all. Sometimes we want to answer all the questions. We want to control every decision. We don't rely on God's leading. And sometimes our lives are hard basically because we're sinners. Okay? Romans 3 tells us all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, including me, including you. So understand that life is hard because of what we do. We choose how to live, how to treat and think about others, we choose whether we're going to forgive or not forgive. So sometimes those hardships that we do is because of what we do. When we refuse to think about others in a positive way or uh, to forgive them or not forgive them. I'm going to ask this too. You don't have to answer because this is kind of one of those things I want you to think about. How many have ever made a bad decision? Boy, you're honest. I mean, we all have, haven't we? We've all made bad decisions, stupid decisions. Sometimes they're really bad decisions. But that doesn't mean God is not good. Yeah, he may have allowed it to happen. He may have allowed us to make that stupid decision. He's, God is saying, okay, I'll be there when you get through with it to pick up the pieces. But we do make bad decisions. And these choices in our life, when we make those bad decisions, make our lives harder Often life is hard because we're not only doing evil things, but then we don't respond to the consequences of our bad decisions. Understand what a sin is, okay? A sin is doing what God tells us not to do, but a sin is also not doing what God tells us to do, okay? God can be telling us to do something, and we sin when we stand back and say, nope, not going to do it can't do it don't know how to do it and God you're not big enough strong enough smart enough to lead me in how to do it that's just as much of a sin Proverbs 19 3 says this a person's own folly leads to their ruin yet their heart rages against the Lord okay it's our what we do a lot of times life is not hard because of us all the time but understand this but it is a lot more the time than we care to admit okay Sometimes I don't want to admit it, but my life is hard because of things I've done. And I just don't want to admit it. No matter the sin, it is vital that we do not simply say, this is just who I am. I've heard people say over and over again, you know, I'm this way and I can't change who I am. It's just who I am. And I hate to tell them this. God can change us if we want to be changed. Okay, sometimes it's our fault. On the, other side of, on the other side of confession and repentance and belief, will the hardness of our life and the hardness of our heart and the hardness of our sin be changed? You see, John 1, 9, 9 says this, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming to the world. We all have Jesus because God is good. He gave us his son. Also, number three, understand this. God is good because of what others do. Okay. Yeah, sometimes it's my fault, sometimes it's our fault because of what we do and all these things, but it doesn't mean God is not good even when other people do something. Sometimes life is hard, not because the world is broken or because we're personally sinned, but because other people have sinned 
against us. Okay? Now, that's a little harder to grab onto. It's a little harder to maybe forgive. But remember the story of Job in Job 2.7? Job has lived a pretty good life. In fact, Satan says, I can't even go to Job because he has not sinned against you and he will not sin against you. But God gives him permission to go to Job and do things to him. Job was a very wealthy man, had cattle, had kids, had all these things. And he starts taking away all those things, all the cattle. His family dies before him. And he still doesn't do it. It says this in Job 2.7. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and afflicted Job with painful sores from the soles of his feet to the crown of his head. So this is Job doing what God wanted him to do, living the life God wanted him to do, but then there's Satan. He's going, I'm going to take care of this. And even Job's own friends. Remember what his friends told him? For crying out loud, Job, curse God and die. I mean, that'd be easier than living this life. But Job refused. Then there's the parable of the man who was left for dead, the parable of the good Samaritan. Remember this one? Luke 10, 25 says, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And then Jesus goes into the story about the Samaritan and the Samaritan to walk by this guy who had been beaten and took pity upon him, bandaged his wounds, put him on his own donkey, took him to the next town, found an inn, paid for the inn, paid for his care, and said, even whatever else is added to this, I will come back and pay it all. Okay? Other people did something to him, but this one guy took pity. And then there's a story of Jesus in Luke 23, 34. Jesus is on the cross. And all this time that Jesus has gone to the cross and all the trials and all the beatings and all the things these people have done to him, that Jesus even forgave the very ones who put him there, who beat him and put the crown on his head and all the things that had happened. Jesus was still able to forgive them. Jesus responded to the great need of humanity by allowing himself to take this position of a victim bearing the sins and the craziness of the entire human race. And he took them upon himself, and he was still able to say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I mean, he was crushed. He was pierced for me and for you. So maybe when we think we're victimized, we should remember that Jesus not only can identify with us when we're going through these things. Remember, Jesus put shame to shame on the cross. We also found power and cleansing in him when we truly believe in him. Yes, life is hard because of others, but because Jesus loves us, he healed us of all those hurts. The fourth thing is this. God is good because God is God. That's God. That's the very description of God. Many of life's difficulties that we go through are by design, not saying they're fair, not saying they were easy, not saying that even we're over them now, but they were by design. In his kindness, God has initially, intentionally shaped the world in such a way that effort would be required to accomplish significant change, progress, and reward. That God knew that we needed to work for certain things in our life, to work through those problems, to become stronger at the other side of them because of who he is. In fact, 2 Timothy 2.6 says this, the hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of his crops. Remember from the very beginning, Adam was given a job to work the ground, to cultivate, to shape creation. 
In other words, work showed up at the beginning. But when work is embraced, when these things are embraced in God and from God, it will make us stronger in who we are because God is good. In fact, there can be great joy in this aspect of the resistance of life. Why? Because it allows us to grow up. I got to thinking this morning when I was in my office, had some coffee, and I got to thinking about this sermon and things that happened all over my ministry. But I remember one time when I was in Hayworth, a span over probably five years, I got to start knowing this family. They actually lived in Leroy, but they were coming to our church. And through that process, I remember one night I got a call that this gal's brother committed suicide. And so I went to the hospital, met a lot of the other family, you know, did the best I could to explain what was going on and did his funeral. A few weeks to a month later, I get a call saying they couldn't find the one brother of this guy that killed himself. And so I actually went looking for him. They said, go look at the cemetery. He may be there at his brother's grave. And he was, but he had a knife and swords with him. He's going to kill himself. And you know, I approached very cautiously, and I know I should have probably called the police, but I didn't. But you know me, I got on my side. I was good. And I talked to him, got him to put the stuff in my car. Place, I did call the police, and they took him to help. About a year later, the sister of this guy was murdered and normal. Again, 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm going to the hospital trying to help this family get through this. Did that funeral under police protection. We had police everywhere, undercover, at the doors, because we didn't know who this guy was that had killed her. But I say all that to say this. Out of all that, over five years of suicides and murders and suicide attempts and all those things, through all that, I did three weddings, baptized three, and now one of them, even their first child was born with Down syndrome, has another beautiful little baby girl. You know, both children are wonderful But even through all that bad stuff, I was able to baptize them, and many of them are still in church somewhere. Why? Because God is good. Because God is good. Even in the hardest times of life, God is still good. I mean, I just talked to the Borgwalds again this morning after losing their daughter this week, this last week, and the funeral and everything. They had another family member commit suicide overnight. You know, and I told them, man, we're going to be praying for you. And one of the hardest things is like, you know, that's easy to say because it's something we say a lot. But at the same time, I'm thinking, man, my heart is breaking because I can't imagine, one, losing a daughter very unexpectedly, but then having something else just packed on top of it. Folks, understand. And I, I don't want this to be a downer. I don't want this to be one of those deals that we don't get this. But we all have these things in life, and we will have these things in life some way or another. But we cannot forget how good God is. So let me close with this. Even in the toughest days we face, God is greater. Okay, don't forget that. Even the hardest of days, maybe it's the hardest of weeks, man, it could be the hardest of years, God is still greater. Here's the point. God is good, but when life is hard, there is always hope. I read 2 Corinthians 4 earlier, and I want to close with it, because it says this. We're afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair persecuted but not 
not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies so that people can see Jesus in us. Folks, we may be sitting here this morning and we may have had those hard times in life. We may be going through those hard times. But understand, Jesus is the answer. Jesus 